Two people were sent to the hospital after they led deputies on a chase through Fresno. Family members have identified the victim in an apparent murder-suicide in Kerman. Fresno's Irish Society getting ready for their annual showcase. And we discuss a bill proposed in the California Assembly that has local law enforcement speaking out. All that and a check on your weather and this morning on As You Go. Welcome to Action News As You Go. Coming up right now. Good morning, everybody. It is Wednesday, April 11th. Moving on halfway through the week. Halfway through the week, and it feels like the temperatures keep changing. Mm -hmm. We'll I check in with uh, Alina about that later. Well, let's get to the top story of our day and other stories. Deputies investigating a pursuit and a crash in East Central Fresno. This happened at Sierra Vista between McKenzie and Nevada. Initially, there was a report of a robbery at a nearby 7-Eleven. As a Fresno County Sheriff's deputy was actually responding, he saw a pickup truck with a paper license plate. He attempted to stop it. The vehicle took off westbound on Olive, then south onto Sierra Vista. The truck crashed into a parked Honda Accord. The driver and the passenger both taken to Community Regional Medical Center, and we've learned they're in critical condition. It's unknown why they fled. Both the pickup and Honda Accord are totaled. Family members have identified the victim in an apparent murder-suicide as 31-year-old Carla Rodriguez. Deputies say she was stabbed to death by her husband, Victor Robles. He then turned the knife on himself, later dying at the hospital. Family says the couple was divorcing. Well, wake up and smell the roses, or irises in this case. Nonprofit, the Fresno Irish Society is holding their 47th annual showcase this weekend. People are encouraged to come out, enjoy the show, and if you're an iris enthusiast, well, you better come out to shine and compete. The show will take place at the Sierra Vista Mall Saturday at noon. If you want to compete, you better be there between 7 and 9.30 in the morning. For more on this event, head over to avc30.com. Who knew there would be a competition for it's, irises? And you know what else I learned? Some of the irises, people don't know the names. These poor irises with no names. <laughs> no names. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back in just a bit with our weather and our discussion of the morning. Hey, Central Valley, there's a new way to get your news. The all-new ABC 30 News app, powered by you. Your interests, your neighborhood, news and weather. Yeah, it's got that too. See the news you care about and only the alerts that affect you. The ABC 30 News app. No other app does local like this. Search ABC 30 in your app store. Welcome back. As you get going this Wednesday, we want to hear from Alina because our weather is changing. We were in the 80s the other day, then we're talking 70s, and then Alina, I even hear 60s sometime in the week. Exactly, Amanda. We're expecting some cool temperatures this week, at least towards the end of it. Uh, today, we already started out in the 50s in many spots and then recovering into the low to mid 70s for many valley cities by the afternoon with skies becoming mostly cloudy. So you'll see those clouds increasing all due to a cold front that is expected to make its way through the area by tonight and rain chances picking up as well. So look for showers, a chance for them mainly after 11 o'clock this evening into the overnight hours when many folks will be fast asleep and then it looks like those showers should be gone by the time we head into the early portion of the day on Thursday. So once we wake up, it will be like as if nothing had ever happened unless you look outside your window and notice that it is a little wet out there. And most of the rain will be east of 99. It'll still make its way here in Fresno. We're thinking a small chance of that occurring. Little accumulation with this next system rolling through. Low snow level down to about 4,000 feet by tomorrow morning and then recovering over 10,000 feet through the weekend. But uh, for the most part, this next system not going to make a huge impact here, but enough is uh, maybe up to a hundredth of an inch to a tenth of an inch of rainfall accumulating in portions of the valley. Not everyone will see this rain and 60s return by the afternoon on Thursday. So 
Hopefully nobody put away their sweaters because it's going to be a little chilly. I always leave mine out just in case. Mm -hmm. No, mine's, mine's all put away, so uh -oh. I, I got to go. Yeah. <laughs> I, about I refuse. That. <laughs> I know. All right, thanks, Alina. We want to get to our discussion of the morning. This is over officers' use of force right here in California. Now, this would change the standard when it comes to use of force. It's something you hear when officers fire their weapon. Assembly Bill 931 would replace reasonable force with a stricter necessary force standard. Now, this all comes after the shooting death of Stephon Clark in Sacramento. It was a huge deal up there and across the nation. We saw protests after this. Um, and, you know, after we found out that he had a cell phone in his hand. Um, and so, and then we found out the bullets were on his back and on his side. And so that got people even more upset. So now these lawmakers are trying to bring this into place to kind of change things as far as how police respond. Yeah, the two lawmakers here, uh, Shirley Weber of San Diego and Kevin McCarty of Sacramento, what they're proposing here is this. Officers, right, you know, when they fire their weapons, they have to basically do all the measures before it's deadly use of force. Now, officers right now, if you speak to an officer, whether, you know, anywhere in the state of California, they are allowed to use, you know, deadly force. That is when they are in threatened. fear, threatened, yeah. or mm -hmm. in fear. Mm -hmm. Now, when you speak to local law enforcement agencies or anywhere, you say, well, you know, why wouldn't you just fire your weapon? It's my understanding, speaking with them, they only fire their weapon if they feel threatened, if they feel their, their life lives. is in danger, yeah. Yes. And they fire to kill, not to not hurt to their hurt. leg or to disable them, right? Exactly. That's why. They say, we're not out there to just shoot people. The ones, officers I've talked to about this right. in conversations, personal conversations, mm -hmm. saying, you know, that's not what we mean to do. We only take that measure when it is very serious, when we feel our lives are threatened. So this is saying, you've got to do everything. Uh, what you, is the everything? Well, uh, the other day we had an incident where they used beanbag, uh, mm -hmm. beanbags. They shot those out. Oh, yeah. A taser maybe, maybe canine. a stick, a canine. Yeah. So they're oh, proposing, baton, yeah. why don't you use these things before you do deadly force? And I in want, some situations, maybe that is possible. But in others, if they're charging at you, And I you mean, don't know what's in their hand, just like that's their, obviously their defense. In the case of the Stephon Clark thing, they thought it was a... Uh, what they thought to appear to be a gun in their hand because you know it's dark and if you put anything in your hand and it looks like you're aiming it at somebody you don't know um so what are you supposed to do just sit there and watch as this person possibly aims a gun and, and possibly shoots you and that's a question there's been other incidents where people have had bb guns uh police chiefs around the state are saying they are against this they say our officers have a split second, split second to make a decision. How can mm -hmm. you really determine what the other person has? What is their mm -hmm. intent? Is there a way to really tell that in a split second? They're saying we're going to have officers possibly lose their lives over this because mm -hmm. they're going to be second guessing this. And some of them saying maybe officers will even leave the state uh, because this is not, uh, you know, an environment where they can do their job. But the question is, can we meet in the middle on this because we see the, the outrage across. This is not just a California issue. Right. This is all across the country where, you know, we see these types of incidents happen. And many times, you know, we, we see both incidents where one, it's like, okay, officers are at fault. Mm -hmm. The other, the they suspect at was fault. at fault. Yeah. So uh, how do we meet in the middle to, to make sure everyone's kind of, kind of, you're not, no one's ever going to be completely satisfied, but how do we kind of, Right. I, that's a that is a troubling situation. But I would assume that, you know, obviously, if the suspect just doesn't run away, maybe they just, you know, do exactly they stop. And, you know, you, you don't look as, you know, 
Threatening. Threatening yeah. if you're running away or you're trying to escape something, if you're doing something wrong and the officer's asking, you know, what are you doing kind of sort of situation, well, it kind of comes to the point where maybe that person needs to just stand still, don't move, and the officer won't assume they're pulling out a weapon, mm -hmm. they're trying to charge at you, and that will lead to a better situation of either being arrested or let go, I think, it's, right? It's really controversial. It is. Yeah. It, it is. Yeah. And... Um, lives are really, people's lives are impacted by this. Yeah, both uh, regular civilians and police officers. So it'll be really interesting to see if this bill even passes and if other states uh, follow suit. All right, that's all for us today. Have a great day. We hope uh, you join us for more stories on our website, abc30.com.